save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Rakari Austin, and I'm one of the hosts of GCX 2022. That's right. We're already talking about next year. Now, we want you to join us at Rosen Shingle Creek in Orlando, Florida, as we come together for another unforgettable GCX. Tickets are going fast, and look, we want to see you, so visit gcxevent.com tickets to book now. Oh, hello there. Oh, you're looking for a, a Twitch streamer who's bald, who has a great laugh. Oh, oh, I see. You're looking for Professor Broman, the Twitch streamer. That's right. If you're looking for a fun guy who's bald... And has a great laugh and smells great. Well, I got I got the I got the streamer for you. Head on over to twitch.tv forward slash professor broman. He he he's awesome at looter shooters, uh speed running, um, getting shot at in Tarkov. Honestly, any type of content, any type of gaming content you're looking for, you can find it there. Twitch.tv forward slash professor broman. You should go there right now. Go there right now! Hit the follow button! Do it! Sorry, Ben. There's no scotch available right now, so it's just That's okay. Solos. It's all right. I joke that I spike my coffee. Ah, uh, but yeah, we I took, I took, I took Sudafed this morning. Does that count? Hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking high as balls on Sudafed. <laughs> I got Are you this, not feeling well? I got this cold. A sinus infection, from what I heard. Oh my god! I haven't seen the N7 mask on the stand. Oh, oh it looks so good, right? Uh, I love your little your little game controller sign oh, you have right? now. Where did you get that from? Walmart. That's cute as fuck. It was twelve dollars at Walmart, and it Shut has up. yeah, it's adorable. It auto offs after four hours, which that's I awesome. was like, that's perfect. It looks really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for it to turn off in the middle of your stream, and then someone's like, <clears throat> did you know? That <laughs> yeah, was really. Hey. Your light turned off like they don't want that, though, because that's four hours. That's how long I have to stream. So if that light when the light goes off every day, <laughs> I'm oh, like, no. yeah, time I'm like, go. oh, video game time's over, motherfuckers. Guess what? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, but I don't have. Yeah, I don't have a I don't have a sinus infection. Oh, but okay. that's, that's good. what I, I heard was, this morning. I felt really well, bad. I was worried that I did, but yesterday it was like, <laughs> I went through a box and a half of tissues. Like it was, it was nuts. I've never had, it's a cold for sure. Oofers. Yay. Changing weather. Yeah. Yeah. I love that it says your discord says you're playing blue stacks five. It does. It does. <laughs> Cause I accidentally leave up, leave up my mobile games to play all day. <laughs> I'm super addicted to Marvel future revolution. I, I have it says you're playing that. I right have now. a level 100 Doctor Strange, 
which is like it was max level. According to this, you have been playing this session for 15 hours and 30 minutes. I I left my computer on overnight, so (laughs) (laughs) so it's been going for that long. Wow. Yeah, they're under mate. Tim, is this is this good enough cold open for you? Huh? This is a coldest. Is this a good enough coldest fucking open? Kevin, please don't, please don't open it like this. Don't. Well, here we are. <laughs> We're uh, episode fifty nine <laughs> of Star Wars and Scotch. Oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! So Ben, Tim hates oh, cold I open, hate so I try and open so much. I try and trick him into doing them as often as I possibly can. Uh, oh, man. God damn it. So this was perfect. That was a really we good cold open. We talked perfect. about shit. We talked Thank about you. his cold. Like what the hell? Yeah. A cold open. Uh, oh my god! Can I just say that like when I open up my. Uh, when I open up my email, I every morning I have like a block of invites from Mindy. That's like here's like it's just like everything y'all decide in the office. I'm like, oh, work was done yesterday. <laughs> well, it's better than the old days where you had no emails and that was more troublesome. And I, the emails that I get are the random, hello, we have been monitoring traffic on your Facebook page. We'd like to put ads there for $7,000 a week. Oh, fantastic. I get those every every day. So do you just like do, do seven What's grand that? a week? And what do they want? They want you to like want, post a picture or something? No, they want to like take over your page. Oh, yeah. your entire page for seven grand a week. No, thank you. Uh, are we yeah. actually doing the podcast right now? Yeah, we are. This is the cold open. We're never going to get invited <laughs> to Star Wars Celebration. Like You're going to get invited to Star Wars Celebration. Welcome to episode 59 Ugh. of Star Wars and Scotch. Uh, <laughs> today we are joined by uh, Professor Broman, Ben Bowman, also uh, the uh, CSO at Rare Drop, co-owner of Kings Coast. You know, you know, you know, yeah. But we brought Ben on specifically because we're going to talk about Dune today. And we had a really good conversation over dinner about Dune. So we wanted to bring Ben in to extend that, which I already have something that I researched for Tim that I want to touch on. But before Ooh. we go any further, uh, I would like to remind everyone that Holiday Blend is available and Cocoa is available at kingscoastcoffee.com. Shipping is completely screwed this year. Yeah. So order now. Please, for the if love you of God. you want to give coffee and cocoa to your loved ones for the holidays, order now. Now. Right now. Stop what you're doing. Go to kingscoastcoffee.com. Place your order because shipping is a mess this year. A mess. Big mess. Huge. A mess. So uh, go take care of that uh, and, and get that coffee and that cocoa, which, by the way, the cocoa comes in a lovely collector's little tube, and it's great for stocking stuffers. Yes. Very good. So in the world of Star Wars this week, there was the trailer for the book of Boba Fett dropped, um, and... You know, Tim and I have 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 expressed numerous times that we're really not the biggest fans of the Boba Fett character. I take it back. I'm sorry. Uh, nah, I'm still on the fence. I, I, I did say, and Ben, I, I I I'll share this with you. I if they're gonna go some sort of ethical underworld boss route, I'm not gonna like that because the underworld of Star Wars is so good. And if we're going to start making the underworld bosses like these ethical, moral people that. <laughs> and the only reason I mention that is because of the way they're like Jabba ruled with fear, you know, and speak your mind. I'm hoping after he says speak your mind and the guy speaks out of turn, he shoots him in the face. But that's just my personal thing. I think that would make Boba Fett a better, better character than this like moral. The, the whole thing with Mandalorian, like I liked him in Mandalorian, but I didn't like that he. He was like, I'm a man of my word. You know, it's like, no, you're a bounty hunter. You're a backstabbing piece of shit who goes yeah. around the galaxy and does things for credits. So I don't know. That was my vibe. OK, that I was. All right. So I will counter that with I watched um, Star Wars explain their video. I watched Alex's video on on the trailer. And mm-hmm. I think he did a really good job pointing out that the way Timothy Zahn wrote um Thrawn and how Thrawn is like the opposite. He Timothy Zahn wrote Thrawn to be the opposite of Vader. Like he was supposed to be that like imperial bad guy, but he's still like he's the opposite of what Vader would do. Like Vader goes in with full emotion and just like kind of like cuts down and just thinks about it after. Thrawn, on the other hand, he thinks about everything before he ever makes a step. Like he's like 10 steps ahead before anybody else. 
And so I think what they're doing here is they're kind of creating that same type of scenario where he's kind of, again, he's the anti-hero. He's kind of in it for himself, but he's definitely like more like leaning more to the good than he is leaning to the bad within the, like that gray area within the middle. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think they want to make sure that it still appeals to the young crowd. Again, let's go back to the argument that Star Wars was made for kids. But we also know that the fans of the uh, the prequel, like the the like our, the people our age, are getting older, and they, their taste for Star Wars is still there. But they want to see it through a different lens. I think they did that really well in Rogue One. They showed a darker side of Star Wars, and so this is going to be that dark side of Star Wars. It's going to be those fun stories that they've always wanted to tell that doesn't involve a lightsaber wielding Force user. This is going to be just going to going to show the dark grimy things that you wouldn't see in the normal star wars lens ben what's your overall reaction from the trailer before i start pulling details out of it i mean i'm always excited to see more of a side of star wars that we haven't seen and the idea of getting like a story in the underworld like squarely grounded in the underworld where it's not really um it's not where it like it's not a brief foray into like, here's where the scoundrels are. And you're like, ooh they were weird. You know, um, finding out how that universe operates and, and doing a big that side of the universe operates and doing like, you know, a whole series about it, I think is going to be really interesting. It's all, it'll come down to the writing, though. 100 <clears throat> percent. I you would have to agree. And I uh, the other thing that that makes me think about, you know, when we when we look at like episode eight and the whole <clears throat> conflict that they introduce with finance and economy and everything like that. Mm. And like everybody yeah. buys war, um, <laughs> you know, that's, that is something that the underworld is like really connected to. So I'm very <laughs> interested to see if, if we get some more of that, that sort of, I mean, you see it in star Wars visions too, like this discussion of how the empire and, and uh, how the Republic affect the people that they are helping um, air quotes and, and the impacts that they have on the planets and the economies and the lives of the people that they technically interfere with, you know? So I'm, I'm excited to see that side of the universe and hopefully some more shit will make sense. I think um, one of the things that I am excited to see is a more fleshed out version of, what we've seen in the animated series, they've really touched on the underworld and what what's going on there. And in the movies and TV shows, it's always like a quick in passing. I think the most we've ever seen of it in the TV show is probably Mandalorian, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so so but in the animated like Clone Wars and stuff, we see way more of this side of the universe. Yeah. I, I really hope with the show they we get closure. Um, you and I had talked about this in the last episode, and someone had said to me on Twitter, they listened to the episode, and they're like, hey, there's um, an excerpt somewhere where they talk about how the uh, how Jabba's ship crashed into, when, when Luke blew it up, it had crashed into the Sarlacc pit, killing the Sarlacc. And mm-hmm. that is what allowed Boba Fett to crawl out. Okay. And I don't remember that. They said it was an aftermath, and I don't remember it being an aftermath. Um, but I like that theory. I thought that was a really interesting theory. Uh, because they, they don't show that in the movie. They don't show the they just show the, the ship blowing up and that's it. But the idea of it actually like crashing into the Sarlacc and somehow killing it could be interesting. Uh it could be an interesting way to to show how Boba came out. But I really do sh- hope that we get a a flashback. Uh, to that but I want to bring that up because I thought that was really cool that someone like t- listened to the episode and tweeted at us about it so thanks keep doing that <laughs> you know what's funny they keep showing Jabba's throne like they showed it at the end of Mando and then they show it in this uh-huh. but Jabba actually never sits on that throne because he's too fucking big yeah it's just, a, it's just a concrete slab so what it is is if you look at the old images the wall behind him has those like glyphs I don't know what they are they're not Oribesh so they're glyphs or whatever is on the wall behind him and then he's on that platform yeah the one where Leia sits in front of him uh-huh. and his little Kowakian monkey lizard. But um, the throne has the same glyphs on it. And I guess Bib maybe. Wait, are you talking re- about the, the Rancor heads that are sticking out? No, 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 no. I'll send you. Or are you talking about the wording uh, behind him that's in basic? 
is that basic or Orbesh behind him on that throne? It doesn't look like I, it. It I, looks like something else. I don't know, but like so the, the Raincore heads I think came from um weren't they didn't they put them up in the corners? Like on the pillars or something. There was something like the, where they got it they they talk about it in one of the episodes where they talk about where they got the influence to create that throne. But they they said that they had to do a complete one to one because they didn't have any of that left over from Return of the Jedi. And then when they of the room of the room, so they, not the throne, right? Not the th- not the throne, but the room. The room is a perfect, exact replica of the set that they had for Return of the Jedi. And I just thought that was so neat. They had to go through reference pictures. They had to go through blueprints. They had to go through the movie, um, just to make sure that everything looked exactly the same because they knew a Star Wars fan would be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, it's not real. No way. The last I just sent you the last shot of uh, from Mando the pan out. Yep. And he's the throne is on the platform that Jabba sits on. Yes. So I know That's they talk cool. about Jabba's <laughs> throne all the time, yeah. but Jabba doesn't actually sit on the throne because he's just big he's fat just and laying disgusting. on it. Uh, so you, all the Kowakian um, monkey lizards there on the right. He's just really fat and old. <laughs> look at him. Look at that picture you just sent me. Oh, my God. He is. He's like leaned up against there. He looks unless, like he's unless or he's dead. I was going to say, unless Fennec or Boba shot him. But yeah, he's he's still there. He's just really fat and old. Aww. Oh, that's so funny. That's, that's adorable. I did not notice that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I always, I, I don't know, I, that when I saw the throne and they were talking about it, like Jabba ruled with fear, uh, it, uh, <laughs> it reminded me of that. W- one other thing, too, did you th- find it interesting that it's Din's voice in the beginning of the trailer? I, I didn't realize that. Uh-oh. Yeah. The beginning of the trailer is Din's voice. At least that's what I heard. Like the first part of it. Isn't that Mandalorian? No. No, he's talking. No, he, no, that's not. That's not Din. Are you sure? Yes, a hundred percent sure. All right. Yeah. Sounds just like yeah. Him when to he said when he says I've heard otherwise. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. That's not Din. Okay. No. Do you think we see Din in the series? I do. Um, I think I think we'll have I think we'll have a pull in. I think at some point we'll have a crossover. Um, I would really hope that the, uh, so, the, there's a mention of Ahsoka, or we get an Ahsoka appearance of some sort that they cross paths. I think that'd be really neat. Um, someone did a whole theory on how this could lead into Ahsoka hunting Thrawn. So yeah, I I saw I saw that there is a. Uh, that the will possibility be spicy. of some of some connections. Yeah, I mean, like they 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 mention him in Mandalorian. It'd be silly for them not to continue those type of teasers. I I would love that. I would I'd probably tear up a little bit. <laughs> so it's it, I don't know. Um, the most interesting part is is we finally see Jabba's, I guess captains, lieutenants. I don't know what they're called. Um, and it looks it almost looks like a a very big table. Uh, that looks like there's probably at least 10 of them sitting there, but they also don't obviously trust Boba. So they're talking about how, how they are going to kill him, (laughs) but he seems to have this like open forum democratic process that he wants to introduce into this, their, their gang. What is does Jabba's gang have a name? Um, I think it's just the, it's just the hut. I think it's just the, the, the hut syndicate. Because it's not just because it's but he didn't because it's not just he didn't Jabba's, lead the whole huts. No, but it's not just he, like he's a part of a larger organized like he they're a part of the Hut family. I don't think Jabba's individual gang has a name, does it? Jabba and the boys, his, his swoop gang. Jabba has a name, and not. the boys, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, like I, for this, I really hope we get to see more of like those like those other gangs. Like like what's going on with like with uh, the Black Sun? Like what are they up to? Um, you know, like well, someone was saying if Kira's still alive, and we they know that she is, she, we, she's coming back to do more because she just showed up in the comic books. Is Kira gonna come in, and you know, is she running Black? We assume that she probably was running Black Sun all through the reign of the Empire, and then, well, no, because she was working for Darth Maul. Well, yeah, but Darth Maul ran off and went crazy, remember? So we don't we so we I'm trying to we don't know when. what happened. Okay, so when so so we see Maul again in Rogue One and he's telling her to to assemble the fleet. We see um the guy who she was working for talking the the, the hologram with Maul on Mandalore. Trident. He's he's bringing them all together. So, uh 
I think what we what happens is is that we saw at the end of Clone Wars, we saw Maul escape, and then he talked to Kira and was like, "Okay, let's go." So that was the end of Rogue One, and then after right. the end of Rogue One, starts Rebels. Solo, not Rogue One. Sorry, uh, sorry, Solo. No, Solo. So Solo, oh. at the end of Solo, and then uh, and then he flies off, and then we start Rebels. Damn. Okay. Like that rebels and, and so and Kira then, is probably running the show. Yeah, hundred percent. Because so he goes off and then and then he starts to go crazy with this whole uh fixation on Kenobi. So there's not and it's there's, only been what fifteen how old is Luke at that point? So rebels, so it's probably been fifteen years. Yeah. Around. Because Luke because Luke at the beginning of Rebels is like <clears throat> six or seven. Which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, we discussed that on another episode. <laughs> you'd have to be like, you'd have to be like sixteen. So it's been like 15, 20 years. Yes. Okay. So Kira, an older version of Kira. Yes, and remember, this is show. fifteen years before Episode Seven with Bo- right. with Boba so an Fett. Old, an older version of Kira could show up. Yeah, and they could age her a little bit. Yeah, slightly. She could be like aging gracefully. It's also a galaxy far, far away. We don't know the you know, face creams and stuff that they operate. With. <laughs> <laughs> could be, could be anything. Um, other than that, it was just lots of cool little, you know, the dudes with the shields around Boba. Yeah. I like the view of, I'm assuming that's not Moss Eisley. And that is a the different one with city the, the on one with the big pillar in the middle. Yeah. We don't even know if that's Tatooine. Well, Jabba's palace is on Tatooine. Well, we, so we know that. Assume. We just we don't know if this is another. Um, what do they call them? Um, they have a specific name for those different outposts. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, like, I I don't know if this is the the terrain looks so different from everything else on Tatooine. That's I have a hard time believing well, that this is Tatooine. I don't know if this translates to canon, so I'm going to mention Legends. But Mos Espa is the capital of Tatooine in Legends, oh, and that's okay. where the Empire operates from. Uh, for many years, so it might be Moss Espa because Moss Pelgo is where we go in Mandalorian when we meet what's his face, so, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah, when we yeah when we get his armor. So do we do we assume that the entire season is just going to be here on Tatooine? Because I would I would have assumed they'd take uh, not Slave One anymore. The uh, the is it the Firefly? It's just called it's just called Boba's ship now. No, they actually no, it has an actual name now. They gave they gave it a oh, name. Oh, on the toy, it just says Boba's ship. Oh, but they, it's they they named it officially in canon. They named it the exact that what they call that class of ship is it? It's like Firefly or something like that. Anyways, um, I would hope that we we take it out for a spin and go to another planet in the outer rim. It's a modified Fire Spray Thirty One class patrol Fire Spray, craft. and they call it the Fire Spray. Mm. According to Wikipedia, it's still called Slave One. I don't know. A lot of people so made they, they made so much noise about it on Twitter. Could you believe? Yes, I could. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to 2021. 45 year old movie. Yes, yes. It's time to change a little bit. No, it's fine. No big deal. Um, but yeah, aside from that, there wasn't. You know, I love the. I'm the excited noise for when they it. Should the, what do, what do you think your little spider buddy is? He's obsessed with this spider in the beginning, Ben. Oh yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> I feel like I've seen this thing before, but it looks like it's out of the Matrix. I feel like there's an embryo in there. I feel like it's like growing. It's like a baby. Mm. And that looks like a droid to me, though. Not it is a, organic. Yeah, no, it is a droid, but it has fluid in that in that that pod it's holding in its mouth. It's like sloshing around. It's 100% robotic, but I think it's caring for. A, what if he's starting his own cloning facility on Tantooine? Oh what if it's shit! Guard, what if it's like a guard of the palace? And if you get too close, it just like sprays you or something. Ah, I mean, that'd also be. <laughs> that'd be. I don't know. That'd be exciting. I will say this: looking in the background and whatnot, I one hundred percent believe that this is not going to take place. We might go to Anchorhead at one point or Moss Eisley. Yeah, but for the most part, this does not. It looks like this. So you see this Athorian sitting in the in the I don't want to say throne, but the seat in the beginning. Yes. It looks like that's another either another crime boss or another part so of a lot of people thought that was Doc Ondar. Oh shit. Oh, it's not. Shit. It's it's not. It's not. It's not. Damn. It's not a Doc Ondar. 
But a lot of people assumed that it was because Doc Ondar has a lot of ties to the underworld. Um, he was invited to join uh, the Black Sun at one point. Uh, so, yeah, they thought it was him, but he's not dressed properly. He doesn't have the same facial hair. It is 15 years before you would meet him in Black Spire Outpost. But it would be weird for him to be sitting in this luxurious room in this throne, and then you find him all the way on this backwater planet on on Batu. So and that spider is yeah. one thousand percent carrying an embryo of some kind. Right? It's holding. It's growing something. Like like it is definitely carrying an embryo of some type. <clears throat> I'm saying. I th- I think. Mate, what if he's starting his own cloning facility? They could be bare. Well, I mean, like, okay. So so I mean, he's a clone. Yep. So he knows that there's only one way to like actually have progeny that he would consider viable. Right. And that would be, he'd need to clone himself again and raise himself again. So like, it's, I'm, I'm imagining right now. And, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, no, I, I agree with Tim. Why do you need like a heavily armored goddamn spider walking around? And look, it's even got like a ah, shit. Let's skip to the next. I don't care about the damn it. Don't care about the matrix for something's in there and and it's also got on the underside it has a circular arm right almost like it's designed to lift up and pull the Uh thing down and and you know like maneuver it so that like could be an all-terrain uh valuable valuable fragile asset transport spider (laughs) because in the future Um, atvs blow so these are just just so <laughs> so they these things actually have a name. Okay, um, they're called the the Bomar Order. Okay, um, these are called Bomar monks. Uh, it was a religious order that believed oh, in isolating I themselves. Them. Okay, so here it is. So it says it was a religious order that believed in isolating themselves from all physical sensation to enhance the power of their minds. To that aim, oh, Ben, it's a brain that's floating in it, not a baby. It's a yeah, brain. we talked. It's a. F- we talked we, about this, Kevin. We talked that's about, talked about yeah. these guys. Jabba's palace used to be their temple. Oh my so, god! Yes. So now they like roam the wasteland like that. Yeah. To that aim, enlightened monks had their brains transplanted into nutrient-filled jars. Whenever they wanted to move, those bottled brains used spider-like droid walkers. Older monks using four-legged walkers, while more recent ones using six-legged variants. Um, yeah, so these are these are, this is a religious order that, uh, in order to be enlightened, they remove their brains and put them in vats. That's so cool. That's so wild. Um, I'm looking at the table again, and you were right; it's just Transdotions and whatever that other race is that I can't remember. The, the um, dog guys. Yeah, interesting. Mm. There's no other. I thought there was. Oh, there's a few of uh, what are the I forget what race they are, too. There's so many races in Star Wars. Um, there's a few of one other race. The dudes that um, that uh, Cardoon kills at the beginning of season two in the where the Forge Masters Forge was. Those guys don't remember. Yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. Aside from that. Uh, oh, man, that's going to bother me. Are they Bothan? No, they're not Bothan. No. You no, Bothan, bro. Bothan looks like cats. Anyway. The Bith? Are they no, they're not Bith. <laughs> this is gonna bother me, Tim. I'm screenshotting it. Uh anything oh, one other thing I wanted to ask you before we move on. Omega. Do we see a live action Omega in this? Um, I don't think so because then it would ruin her story for the next season of, uh, the Bad Batch. So the same reason that when everyone's like, I want to see Cal Kestis, the same reason we're not going to see Cal Kestis. Yeah, because then it would ruin, it would ruin his story with, uh, everything going on with Jedi Fallen Order. Because then there's no fear of him dying. Exactly. If you see Omega in, in Book of Boba Fett, now if he makes mention of an Omega and he makes mention that he is an Alpha, then that would be very interesting to me. If there is some yeah. record or recollection of Omega, that would be awesome. I would love a nod to that. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so. This is going to be all about Boba. I would love for him to make callbacks to Clone Wars episodes. I think that'd be really cool because he had run-ins with the Jedi. Um, I think that would be really, really neat. It would help create that 
that immersive effect of of continuity across the multiple variations of of storytelling that they've created here but i I, again i don't think we're gonna see anything from the bad batch yet because then it would spoil the story man could you imagine if the bad batch just showed up at the end that would be such a mind fuck though they'd be so old he's so old yeah they wouldn't be very they'd be as old as uh uh what's his face is yeah in, in return of the jedi they'd be well in in rebels they would be like old and and fat and it looked like yeah, but even older than that is is uh, what's his face? Oh, they're his oh light. they're Gen ones though. They're older than Cody. Yeah, they would be. They would be old. They'd be like decrepit. They'd look like a, a clone ninety nine. Unless their modifications are different. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I mean, like, I think everybody had the aging a bit. But I don't, I'm not sure. Hmm. Uh, and lastly, from the trailer, you know, you got your two uh, good looking Twi'leks in here that I'm sure. You have to, dude. uh, Crime, crime, and sex—like they—they go hand in hand. Yes, it's always Twi'leks, though, because they're the sexy ones. They were—they were made that way. Whatever you're into, hey, that's what George wanted. They are on the right path, baby. They are born that way. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) Lady Gaga taught us to be better. Gorgeous leku that they have. I feel like they would get in the way, but that's a conversation for another. Oh my god! You just tie back. You're fine, dude. I would love to bring a sexologist on your podcast and talk for three hours about sex and the Star Wars universe (laughs) because I feel like shit is weird out there. Like, uh, like, well, you know, it's weird. Here's my question with that. Since we're gonna go off on a tangent before we talk about dude. Almost always, it seems there's like interspecies attraction. Absolutely. So why don't we see more children that are hybrid aside from the son of Canaan and uh, what's her face, Tim? Hera. And Hera. He's the only one that I've seen that is like representative of two different species in Star Wars. I feel like it's because the offspring would traditionally be non-viable, right? Genetic codes are too different, so he's you can half, fool around, half, but you're not going to have a kiddo. It's the ultimate birth control. Like, he's half to be like a half human, though. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't have an answer for that. I would love to see a half human, half Wookie. Oh my god! I don't know what that would look like. Really hairy Italian guy. <laughs> Probably look hey. like that. He doesn't. Hey, yeah, he doesn't. He, doesn't hey. go, <laughs> he just goes. Hey, 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 uh, hey they, this fur is hot. Hey, be like that. They haven't really, they haven't really done anything with with Jason Sindula, but um, they showed him briefly when they were wrapping up. Did you, you, did you watch Rebels, Ben? No, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I know okay. I need to. It's a very good. Oh. The first season's very. I'm gonna um, go back to bed after this fucking podcast. So we'll, maybe we'll, maybe I'll watch it today. The first season is very um, uh, Disney XD, uh, but after that, then it it becomes its own part of the universe. Can we he's talk? Kind of ug- he's an ugly looking kid. Can we talk about how Disney named it Disney <laughs> XD before XD became a way to like mock people in lead speak? <laughs> Disney XD, and then ten years later, it's like, dude, looking for big titty goth GF XD. <laughs> like, and Disney was like, what? Disney missed it, man. <laughs> that could have been there. That could have been their whole oh, internet. I company. never made that. I never made that connection. Happened wow. to me just now. Yeah, this is fucking <laughs> ruin everything. Oh, I'm right. sorry what are you, for ruining everything. What are you okay. watching right now? Disney XD? Okay, that's hilarious, <laughs> but what are you actually fucking watching, you sarcastic shit? It's Disney XD. I swear to God. <laughs> We're not doing this again, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we all we all watched <laughs> Dune. We did. Uh, I got to watch half of it a second time. I have not watched it through again. But I've done my uh, my due diligence. I think everyone here agrees that it was phenomenal. So good. Yes. That it was <sighs> super fun. Good. It, it was cinema. I, I will go as far to say, and if you listen to the show or you know me as a person, you will know what I'm about to say is a big deal. I think when this story is done being told, it will be on par with Lord of the Rings and Star Wars and things of that nature that are, are staples of our high fantasy science fiction pop culture, if you will. I think it will become that. Um, 
And I think that we are in an age of intellectual properties taking precedence over a single shot story. If it has the meat on the bone and Dune 100% has the meat on the bone to tell stories through a hundred different mediums, if they choose, um, you know, the rumor of the next one being about the Bene Gesserit, uh, the Ooh. sisters of the dunes is going to be a TV show. That's a rumor with, with Warner brothers HBO, but we, we, we thank God got confirmation that Dune part two is coming in 2023. Um, so, long. so that was, it'll go by so quick. Wow. Uh, are, they yeah, the, are they doing the Peter Jackson thing where they're just doing one long filming session? Or are they actually stopping no, and going? I've, well, they had to film like, I think they wrapped filming as COVID was hitting. Oh. So then everything just screwed up the timelines that they had envisioned mm-hmm. for it. It, if you remember, it was supposed to come out last year. Mm. Oh, right. Wow. Okay. And they pushed it because they wanted to see if they could get it back in theaters because they knew releasing it. And then HBO signed all those deals with all those movies to be like, hey, everyone's stuck at home. Yeah. I know that uh, Denis Villeneuve, uh, the director, was super pissed that it was available on HBO Max because he he truly believes he made a movie that was to be experienced in IMAX theaters. Yeah. Um which I've heard from people that have seen it in IMAX that he wasn't kidding. Um, and you said, Tim, even that you watched it on your widescreen monitor and it filled up the entire screen. It filled, it filled up a decent amount of the screen. I was really surprised. I was like, oh, this is this is a very interesting view on a movie. I It, it was it was fun. Um, so one thing that you would ask at dinner was, why don't they use guns? Oh, right. yeah. Okay. So that was one of the things that I found really interesting in, in Dune. As someone who's never read the books and someone who, who watched the movie, and this is my my introduction into the Dune universe, which I'm now hooked. I think this is a very, very interesting universe that has been created. Uh, it's really weird for me to see a, a, a race of people that have... Um, inter, they, they have uh, They have space travel. They're able to go from system to system. And and they have uh, orbital cannons. They've got uh, ground to air cannons. They've got they've got all these type of space weaponry that you would assume to have in a sci fi uh, movie or, or 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 book. And then you watch the ground combat, and it's it's nothing but swords and daggers and and <laughs> almost a medieval take on combat. And I thought that was really interesting, but it didn't make sense to me. I have your answer, and it's in the movie. Uh, when Paul is sparring with with uh, Gurney, yes, I remember this. Uh, and you first, I think that's the first time you hear the "fear is the mind killer" line. Do you remember the second half of the line? No. Gurney says the slow blade penetrates the shield. Yes, they cannot shoot each other because the bullets will not be able to penetrate their shields. So they have to have this elegant combat. And the reason Duncan and Gurney are like some of the big, best warriors in the entire universe is because they can move fast enough, but also slow enough to penetrate a shield without having to... Remember when the doctor was doing it to Leto and it had to, like, burrow through the shield to get in? Yeah. Duncan and Gurney are so elegant with a blade that they can move fast and slow enough to get through your shield with a stab. Hmm. But the bullets can't penetrate the shield. So yeah, that's that just why seems like a that just seems ammunition. like a um an easy way a wheeze, easy way out of just saying you want to use swords in your in your book because like for me <laughs> you could you could use like EMP rounds like you could like I've played so many different types of sci-fi shooters like oh I could just use it like a disruptor round and break their shields and then shoot through it um but like for me I just thought that was just a really cool take on this again you you said like this very elegant combat. And it's it's it was weird to see how they kept true to how the movie was made, like in the 80s. A lot of things felt very analog, a lot like Alien. Like you go through an alien, it's supposed to be this very futuristic take on uh, what what the what the world would be like. What would space be like? Right. But they didn't have all the cool technology that we have now. So they try to, you know, f- what, what would it look like? And it's still very analog looking. And they kept true to that. And a lot of the shots are still like they felt old. Like when you saw a planet, it looked like I was watching an old Star Wars movie. Like that, old, you could tell like it was added in there post, and they like they had to like manually do the glow and all that stuff by hand, and it, they kept true to that. I thought that was really neat. So in the book, this book didn't come out till 2002. It was written by Brian Herbert, who's Frank Herbert's son. So a very similar situation to Chris Tolkien and J.R. Tolkien, where he took his father's notes and wrote the rest of the story. Hmm. Uh, the 
Bootlerian Jihad, it's called, uh, is the story of humanity facing this this enemy AI that when we had thinking machines decided it wanted to take over the universe and how the Imperium, well, at the time it wasn't the Imperium because the Imperium forms after the, the war is over, uh, they battle against it. So then they vowed to never have thinking machines. They have basic computing, but they don't have thinking machines, which is why even Paul's compass is analog. The um, the gyrocopters have all you know instruments that would be considered you have to drive it by hand. But it also again enhances the fact that these folks are good pilots. They're right. you know good warriors. Again, it, it creates this universe where um, it, it's very elegant. That's the best way to yeah, put it. It is it's a very elegant warfare, if you will. Uh, I mean, even you can even tell by the way that they dress. Um, and I thought that was really neat. How the, again they hold on to this very old take. And, but then they saw a very futuristic uh, setting behind it. And so it was this really neat amalgamation of, of two different takes on like uh, periods and, and kind of I, melding them together. It was, it was really cool. I think you can see the inspiration too to star Wars because the way the machinery works in star Wars, the only thinking machines are droids, which essentially to star Wars, they're technically people like slave. Well, you know, I mean, almost slaves. Right. Even even well, sometimes they're used as slave. That's what a restraining bolt is for. But if they don't have a restraining bolt, you can consider them. Yeah, just, just kind of just free thinking being. people. Yeah, yeah, they're just not organic. Right. They're manufactured. But there are people that will say R two D two is my favorite character. C three P O is my favorite character. K two S O was the best thing in Rogue One. Mm. And I think that the technology is advanced enough to create these things. But drawing, you know, from Dune, because again, Dune came first. You know, the, the the machinery that they used to pilot, the machinery that they used to do all of the stuff, slightly more advanced, but definitely not this like thinking computer level. Now, there's legend stuff where there's AI and all that whatnot, but I'm talking baseline inspiration for a new hope. Yeah. You know, that's what that's what you get. Even the targeting computers are, you know, switched to manual. Yeah. You know, and you have the so it's very, very uh similar in that sense. And then one other parallel that I th- found interesting, uh, and Alex Star Wars Explained pointed out, was both are young men realizing their destiny. One leaving a desert planet, the other one going to a desert planet to experience yeah. <laughs> their, you know, their 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 true calling, their yeah. purpose, their destiny. So that's funny. I, I I had a hard time finding like a lot of people were like saying that that Star Wars took from Dune or or vice versa. I had a really hard time seeing a lot of that. Um, I, I felt like I, I kept on trying. I kept on trying to find it. I kept on trying to find those things that that connected it, and I just couldn't find it. I think it was more an aesthetic and less of you know storytelling inspiration. Um, I think it was was the 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 same way that Star Trek and Star Wars intersect. They don't really overlap. Yeah, but the idea of mankind going out and exploring space sure is star trek star wars is almost post that we have explored space we have charted this part of the galaxy and this is the politics and the bullshit that came with all of that interesting And dune is even farther than that to me dune is like the politics and the bullshit have been established yeah we have this this imperium and everyone fucking hates each other <laughs> and everyone's gonna smile to their face and stab everyone else in the back so it's more of a polite you know, undermining like you have the Bene Gesserit trying working with the Harkonnens to kill Leto Atreides. Yeah. In Star Wars, it's much more direct. Like, I'm the Emperor. I'm going to subvert everything and then overthrow. Huh. You know? What I... So, yeah. It's kind of the path. Go ahead, Ben. I was going to say, what I what I really enjoyed about the movie um, and, go like, <clears throat> everything, everything about Dune is about, like, even from the combat, like, it's about timing like the whole movie is about timing right like the emperor is oh. using like combat's timing based right like you have to yeah like yes. that's why the people who are good at fighting can go like whoop ooh, slow now you're dead right like yeah they've mastered this these intermediary movements and that's how you fight and and the timing of everything is what drives the story right like house atreides is called to take over for harkonnen at the right time 
um, when it suits the emperor. So like you, you really see like the grand strategy of all of it. And they, I think that they do a really good job because they, they show instead of tell throughout the entire movie, like they show you what house Harkonnen and house Atreides, like you learn about their cultures in five minutes. Yeah. Really fast. You learn about it through architecture. You learn about it through character design. You learn about it through obviously the acting, but you, you learn. So like when they show you house Harkonnen's homeworld, you are like, this feels like a really dark version of the matrix, right? Like yeah, it very felt like so. these are the people who decided that modifying their bodies and doing whatever they can with technology to make themselves stronger there, you know, it's very obvious. They don't have to go through all this exposition. And then when you see House Atreides and the way that they present themselves, that's the other thing is because you're dealing with like interplanetary royalty, like yeah. something that I felt like the older stuff doesn't do is there, there's not enough scope to show why there's so much rigidity in the way people behave. But mm. In this movie, you see everybody acting unto their culture, unto their their family, and and the the individual is kind of considered last, um, and that's that's part of the storytelling in my mind for Dune is that like it's a savior story, but the savior is unwilling, unwitting, unknowing, um, and isn't an, is an individual caught up in this giant cultural tide of things that have been going on for centuries i also love after the uh you know after he has his test when the bene Gesserit is leaving she says the path has been laid for him we yes. have other options we're very patient so yep. like you even you even know like in the story experience they set it up that this dude could just be fucked and honestly everybody kind of expects him to fuck up because she's leaving pissed off that he survived yeah. the trial. Um, yeah. You know, she doesn't think he's an adequate candidate. So you, you have this, you have the, and that's her grandson, by the way. Uh, yeah. And then, and then all of the, the unique genetics that goes into like making our savior in this story, even, even his own existence seems manufactured. And, at, oh, and very much so and you see him learning about that through like, and he screams at his mom, like you made me a freak which he delivered that line very well. <laughs> he didn't sound like a whiny baby, which I was impressed by because like, yeah. no, Tim, Timothy Chalamet was, was, was on point. He did not sound like, like uh, Hayden Christensen is no. Skywalker. No, you, know, <laughs> like, you could, you could hear the, the pain in his voice of being just so utterly confused. And at that point you've seen all of the people pulling the strings on him. And you're like, yeah, like how could you not have a fucking emotional breakdown in the middle of the desert? Um, yeah, I so I would I really say like that Dune that. has more. I would say that Dune has more in common with Game of Thrones than it does oh, with Star Wars. Definitely, because like you said, the individual is last. That's very much the Game of Thrones mentality. Oh, uh, with the the representation of the houses, and then Jon Snow and Paul have a shitload in common, in my opinion. Oh yeah, well, and I the other thing that I really love about the they just do so many little things to show you the grand scale, right? Like when the emissary shows up from the emperor and the I forget the, the guy's name, but they're like human calculator, dude. You know, uh, they ask him, you know, how much did this cost for this measure? Of, like, it's literally a formality. And they spent billions of dollars on a formality for one guy and a group of people to show up and ask House Atreides to go to Arrakis. Like this, the scale of wealth, I thought they did a again it's a small thing but they they it's right there how rich are people people are so rich that they will spend billions of dollars to have some motherfucker show up and read you a letter like <laughs> yeah. like that is that the level of the scale oh. of wealth right they're called mentats mentat okay. that was it so, i always okay <laughs> so i, I want to go back to the whole ai thing yes how is he able to make those calculations <clears throat> like his eyes roll back when he asks him how much is this going to cost him and he's able to like instantly like just do the calculations and then tell him like his eyes roll back. What is that? So in place of AI, hum certain humans have been given the gift to think like computers and they're called mentats. Oh, um, 
So he is one, and DeVries, who dies, is the Harkonnen one. The bald one, the guy from yes, yes, uh, yes. Suicide Squad, yep. yeah. he's also a Mentat. Oh, I so see. So to me, and I don't know the details on this one, so feel free to tweet at us uh, and, and give us more info, but I feel like each house probably has one. Sure, makes sense. Um, and, and that. So yeah, the, the Mentats can think. Ben, question for you, uh, and I did a little bit of research on this, and this is going to catch you out of left field, but I think you're going to enjoy this. So Joseph Campbell is a huge influence on the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I was reading and trying to find parallels between Joseph Campbell and Dune. There's a few to the point where actually Joseph Campbell and Frank Herbert knew each other. Well, of course. Um, so I'd be curious because I don't really know the works of Joseph Campbell as intimately as you do. Do you see parallels? Oh, I uh, mean, there with Dune and inspiration. I mean, absolutely. Like you have. So you have the the unwitting hero who has to be reborn and acquire power from from a source that is not himself, but is actually in himself all along, right? His, he, is he trained in, you know, the methodology of being everything that he needs to be for his culture, which is like the, that's the penultimate hero story is you have to accept everything that's put on you by culture. And then you go hilariously like, and I love, <laughs> I love his metaphor from, from Nietzsche here is, you know, you go into the desert, literally, in the story, um, you start as a camel, and you tell society, put a load on me, I will carry as much as I can, and then you go out into the desert, and you throw off everything that society gives you, and you actually, in the desert, in this metaphor, you fight a dragon, and the name of the dragon is Thou Shalt, and every scale on the dragon is something society wants you to do, and you have to rip that apart, and then you are reborn as a child. Well, you, you transform from a camel into a lion to fight the dragon. You destroy the dragon and then you're reborn as a child, but you don't act as a child. You have the freedom and intelligence and openness of a child, but you have been through the thou shalt system that taught you how you're supposed to behave culturally. So you can return to your entire culture with whatever you've learned and transform them in a way that is meaningful because they know that you can play the game. And since you could play the game and you overcame all of it, um, you, you become that hero figure. And so we, we see the beginning of that, right? He is saddled with everything, everyone's culture, the Bene Gesserit, um, <clears throat> all the conflicts between the Harkonnens and the, and the Atreides. He is of, of, he is supposed he's, to be everything, right? He's the Duke now too. Yeah. And he's on top of all of that. And so he has much like in, you know, Greek mythology, right? He has taken he has taken all of culture and he is the hero figure now. And then he shows up and finds out that he's actually the hero to the Fremen too. these people that he doesn't even know yet. And so he has to go. And I find this really is interesting parallel here as well. You see the incredible wealth that everyone has. And then everyone's like, oh, the Fremen, they're like, you know, they're just savages living in the desert. But yeah. you find out that the Fremen are probably the most free and open society that exists in there because they're they're protected by the thing everyone else wants. And so and it's really interesting because his father lays out the path to what he needs to do to get to the next step of his hero's journey, which is he needs to acquire desert power. Right. Yeah. He has to acquire some like and that is what he is going to bring back to House Atreides um, and to the whole universe eventually. Um as the savior figure. So there's, there are, there are really strong parallels. I mean, because, you know, Joseph Campbell's works on mythology and specifically on heroes. It's the story we can't stop telling, even if we fucking try to, because sure. it's the, it's the underpinning of the journey that, that draws us in. It's the, it's woven into our DNA, in my opinion, is that hero story. Oh if yeah. You will. Oh yeah. And we, we all, we all want to tell it on some level personally and, and publicly. Um, the way you described the Fremen completely reminded me of the wildlings. Oh, totally. The way, sure. <laughs> yeah. the, way Mans, the way Mans Raider would talk about the wildlings, he's like, well, we don't have much, but we're free. Yeah. You know, exactly. And that's, that's the whole point. And that's, I, I don't even think the Fremen would even say like, we don't have much. The Fremen probably think they're richer than anyone because of the way they live. And, you know, they have the spice. They have and the spice. Who controls the spice controls the universe. They have, um, yeah. I would love to know more on the science of that too. Like, how is it? What? Why is it just that thing that gives them the ability to travel space and stuff? So I'm excited so to the, learn more. 
Yeah, I mean, the spice is two-sided on the one side. Think, think of if there was, and, and maybe there is, and I'm just not thinking of it. Think if there was some sort of mineral that, one, could enhance humanity's senses and have them see, depending on how it hits you, see the future. You know, it's a remedy for, for sickness. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's this all-purpose uh, er- er- herbal thing. I don't, I don't yeah. even know how to describe it. And then on the other side, it's also fuel for hyperspace travel. Because think, Tim... The only way they can travel through hyperspace and get from planet to planet is a mentat has to to plot the journey right. and the fuel is the spice. Yeah. Because they don't use AI computers, so it all has to be done manually oh. and the, the spice is the fuel. Oh, the oh, the the fuel in that sense. I thought it was actually powering the ships. I did too for a long time. I thought it was like a combustion <laughs> was source a kid, as yeah. well. Yeah, okay, got it. No, it it allows the charting to happen that's yeah, necessary I, for interstellar travel. I totally travel. understand. Yeah. So they have it's, so they have it's the t- also a com- it's also the fuel fuel in that oh, it sense. Is a fuel. It's both. So it is yeah, a combustion no, it, source. When I tell you it's the most important thing in the game, they, that's why the that's light is huh? rules, the spice yeah. rules the universe. So it's everything. It's the most important thing in the galaxy. Man, that's that's it's crazy to put that much wealth on one item within a story. Like that's that's crazy. But think about what it's protected by. Sure. These gigantic sandworms. Yeah. That they have no way of com- fighting. Right. The shy halud. That's dope. I like, yeah, I, I get like it. I was really sad when it ended because it, it left me at such a cliffhanger. Um, and, and to your point, Kevin, you had said during dinner, like, this is going to be the next generation's Lord of the Rings. You know, like, it was like, for, oh, like yeah. you know, like our kids will watch this and be like, oh, wow. Um, whereas, yeah. like, when we watched Lord of the Rings on the big screen, it was like, oh, wow. Yeah. So Th- this will be, you, you will. When Kyler's old enough, because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I'm going through this now with Hunter. I have been through it with Audrey. Um, this will be part of the, you know, coming of age of a, of a nerd, if you will. Sure. That's <laughs> like the best Star way Wars to put and it. stuff. Yeah. You know, when when you sit down and watch The Empire Strikes Back, you're going to turn and look at Kyler and wait for that moment. Yeah. And he's like, no, I am your father. I'm like, oh. And you're going to be like, oh, there it is. <laughs> you know, if it doesn't get ruined for them, which yeah. it didn't get ruined for Audrey, I still can't figure out how that happened. Uh you know, the shock on their face and Hunter's saying the shock is always like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> um, and then, you know, and then you're going to watch Lord of the Rings with them. And, you know, Boromir's going to die and they're going to be like, and then Gandalf's <laughs> going to show up at home, Steve. And you're going to be like, this will have the same effect that yeah. you will have the moments uh, with your family and your friends that you can experience this. You know, Doom Part Two in 2023. God willing that COVID is in a place that's manageable. I don't think I would want to watch it at home. Yeah. I would have to go to the theater. And there's very few movies where I'm like, I have to go to the theater. Agreed. Superhero movies, mainly Batman. Now, you know, mostly Marvel movies. If another big one comes out, I will go. If there's ever a Middle Earth, I will go. Star Wars, obviously, we go. Dune is now part of that. That I don't know what we call it. Pantheon of lore. I, I don't know <laughs> phrase it. But... No, it's it's important, and you know it's inspired me to now go back once I'm through a lot of these Star Wars books. You know, I'm gonna go listen to the Audible version yeah. because it's fully voice acted. By the way, Tim. Yeah, that's really cool. I like that. Ooh, yeah, it's not a he said she said. It is a full. It's like uh, the Lord of D book. Yeah, which is really good. Really, Told really you. enjoying that. <laughs> I, I, and yeah, to close it on the two books, uh, Ben, uh, uh, Tim's reading uh, the Lord of D book right now, um, which really fleshed out the high republic and i'm on the 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 ronin as they call it in the uh, visions <sighs> world to read that it's very good ben and ben, i think you will enjoy it a lot because it is free from the restraints of what canon star wars is so it kind of does whatever it wants that's so hot and it completely mirrors feudal japan f- fusing into the star wars universe so the jedi are technically part of the empire they have these huge dreadnoughts. They serve their emperor <laughs> and their their lords, and you know the Sith are the 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 renegade faction that's that's separated from that. Uh, but it's it's good. It's good stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that's it. Any final thoughts on Dune, gentlemen? I'm excited that there's finally a movie that captures the scope of the universe. I think that you can appreciate Dune as as the cultural force that it has been for so many people who've been like passionate about the books 
the the you know my big concern going into everything is like I've seen the miniseries, I've seen the original movies, and everything felt like confusing and weird, and just didn't quite hit the point. My my final thought on the movie is like it it really is a standalone example of like when I was watching the movie, I was like, this is the scale, right? Like this is the size and scope of the universe, and they finally got it right. So I I think it's going to stand out as something that redefines how we approach large scale cinema. You know, I look at Dune and I look at Lord of the Rings and you look at both directors and their people that it was their lifelong dream to bring that to life. Mm. And you can, you can feel the passion in both of those movies that this was a dream come true to have the opportunity to do this. And it had to be that it had to be true to what it was as close as they could get it, obviously with dealing with the bureaucrats at the studio and then, you know, having to fit it within budgets and whatnot, but they both nailed the vibe and that you know even star wars with lucas like that was his dream to make that movie and of course it's gone off the rails in all sorts of places and we love it but nothing is better than those first three movies you know there they'll always be the core and the passion is is realized in there so dune captures that essence because denis cared so like this was his dream he's made a ton of movies but he's like no my dream was to make dune come alive for this you know, generation, and he did a very good job. I forgot that the reason that I read the books was because of that shitty miniseries. Because uh, <laughs> my buddy was like, "You have to read this. You're gonna love this miniseries." Da, 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 da. And it was like 2002 or something. Oh, and I, that is why I read the book. Yeah. I remember going to Barnes and Noble, buying the book, and I read it because of that miniseries. And I remember. I think I watched two episodes. And I was like, "This is garbage." <laughs> uh, yeah, it was not. It was not awesome. That was back when sci-fi was like, oh yeah we could make anything yeah just oh, fucking no. just put it on sci-fi yeah, yeah that would be great yeah sharknado <laughs> um yeah tim any any final thoughts uh, it was really fun i just like as someone who who wasn't familiar with the universe i think they did a really good job of introducing everything to to a new viewer uh i i like it i'm, I'm excited for more i i wish that they i, I wish i could just watch all of them kind of like lord of the rings in the way where it's like it was fun to watch them as they came out, but it's really fun to just watch them back to back to back and just do like a binge marathon. Um, Dune's going to be that for me. Dune will probably end up being one of those things that I enjoy watching again and putting it back to back to back. So yeah, it was fun. Yeah. Excited for I, more. I agree with that. My, uh, my, and there's lots more coming. We had dinner with uh, George from Leviathan Core a few weeks ago and he was telling us how wheel of time, you know, is coming. Oh yeah. Really excited about that. And then, you know, for me, the big, the big, the two big things I would like to see play out on screen would be the Elder Scrolls world come to life on a screen and Warhammer uh, 40k. Yeah, I'm I, and I know why no one wants to make Warhammer 40k because that fan base. Yeah, <laughs> they're but, brutal. Uh, and I've heard, I've heard Games Workshop like it's available, but the price to to get the licensing to make it is like astronomical. Hmm, but. I don't know. Maybe one day in my lifetime, I'll see those things play out. On the maybe we'll, we'll just get. Maybe we'll get super rich at Rare Drop and make make Warhammer 40k movies. We'll do it ourselves. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it live. Thank you so much for joining us for episode 59 of Star Wars and Scotch. Ben, thank you for joining us for this episode. Thank it was you for fun chatting me. with you about Book of Boba Fett in Dune. Book of Boba Fett. I believe the special is next week, right, Tim? For Book of Boba mm, Fett. Yes. On Friday of next Holy week, shit. yeah, either the eleventh so, or twelfth, yeah. Uh-huh. So it's, if if it if it's coming out next week, which like we think it is, I think Tim and I will probably skip a day and then record after we watch that, so it's fresh in our minds, um, and uh, see what happens. So the episode for next week might come out a little bit later than this week, but know that the purpose of that is to cover that that uh, little book of Boba Boba teaser. Um, as we said, make sure you get your Kings Coast coffee. Head over to highscoretees.com and make sure you're paying attention because Black Friday is going to be huge over there. Big, huge. Big, huge. So much, so much stuff. Uh, and again, order as soon as you can, no matter what you're buying. I don't, and even not our products. If you're buying for your kids or your friends or whatever, order now. Now, now. now. You don't want to be disappointed. Uh, but thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, you can check out Benny's Professor Bro Man everywhere on the internet and streams <laughs> noon to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday. Yep. 
on twitch.tv slash Professor Broman. You can check out Timmy's Darkness 429, right. fb.gg slash Darkness 429, 9 a.m. Monday through Friday as well. And I'm Kevin. Everything I do is on raredrop.co. So head over there, say hello, and we will see you next time. Ben, why don't you, as the guest, leave everyone with a may the force be with you. Oh, thank you for thank you for listening, everyone. May the force be with you. And also with you. Yes. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.